0: Hi missionaries, and welcome to Mission Moments, where we take a moment to prepare for our mission. The Mission Moments podcast is sponsored by Mission Youth, a community of missionary disciples who come together to equip ourselves to go out and spread Christ's love in the world as apostles of the new evangelization. Every Catholic is called to be a missionary, and we are here to help everyday Catholics like yourself learn to be one. We're going to share missionary experiences, form skills, give tips, and great mission stories. Hello missionaries, and welcome back to Mission Moments. This is season four of our podcast. And in this season, which we'll be journeying through Advent and Christmas, we're going to continue talking about some essential aspects to our mission experience. Some of them are virtues and characteristics that root us in our Catholic faith and our missionary identity. And others are just some overarching principles that we follow to make sure that our missions are set up for success. We're so happy that you can join us for this fourth season, and we're looking forward to sharing so many more mission stories and great guests with you. Let's dive in.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Mission Moments. I am so excited because today I have the incredible privilege of having five guests at the same time. And what makes me most excited is that they're actually not virtual guests. We are physically sitting together in the same room right now. So I am here with the five Regnum Christi Mission Corps from Atlanta, Georgia. These generous young people that are giving a year or two years to be able to serve at Jesus within the Regnum Christie movement. And so they are going to help me go through a very important topic today that is part of our season about Mission Setup. But before we jump into that, I want them each to kind of introduce themselves and to share where they're from and what, a little bit about what they do here in Atlanta. So go ahead, guys. Who would like to go first?
2: Hey, so I'm Louis von Lehman, and I'm from Covington, Kentucky. This is my second year in Atlanta. And um, in Atlanta, I'd say our main job is working at the School Holy Spirit, uh, and we at there we run clubs at school and foster relationships with the boys and then run a lot of school retreats and um, just a lot of retreats in general through ECYD and Mercy missions and really whatever is asked of us through Regnum Christi, but it's a great time.
3: So yeah, my name is Elias. I'm from Germany and I work together. I my is it my. It is my first year here here in Atlanta as a missionary, and I practically work uh, the same things as Louis do, like most of the time at Holy Spirit and yeah. Uh, my name is Nathan
4: Dorn. I am from Calgary. Uh, I'm also a first year missionary. And um, I basically do a very similar thing to Louis, but I work in Pinecrest with the FEMA missionaries. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of my role.
1: So just in case someone doesn't know where Calgary is.
4: It's in Canada. It's in Canada.
1: So we have a very international RCMC guys team. Is that a problem for the three of you, that you're so international?
3: It makes it more fun.
2: It does. Yeah. (laughs) It's more of a problem for me and Maddie at this point. We're outnumbered. (laughs) So... We other people
1: that we all watch our best <laughs> yes that is awesome well we're so proud of you guys that you are giving your year here in atlanta so ladies please introduce yourselves
5: my name is maddie nagel i'm from columbus
6: ohio and this is my second year as a missionary here in atlanta oh i'm mariana cenicero i'm from mexico and this is my first year here as a missionary and we both work mainly in the middle school, Pinecrest. We're in the campus ministry, so we help run the retreats and um, we help set up mass for the kids. We also work with the team leader training for Challenge ECYD.
5: We also run uh, several encounter teams for the high school girls as a part of their formation. Um, And all of us assist in running uh, in in the Mercy Missions downtown, the monthly missions.
2: Which is like the best. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, these five young people have lots of mission experience, so they're very excited to share it with you. And I'm sure that during this podcast, besides going through the practical details of mission setup, each one of them will also share a personal mission story so that you can see what to their experience has been so far this year. <laughs> so this topic that I've asked them to share today We have been going through some of the essential characteristics of mission, the unity and charity, the sacramental life, how it's full of boldness and joy and fun. And so that we are all convinced that missions are really almost magical. They're so beautiful. The community spirit that it builds, the experience of the people that we serve. And we are convinced that we want to go out and make them happen. But sometimes the very practical question of where on earth do I start or how do I do a mission can really stop a lot of people from actually going and making missions happen locally in their city. So these five young people are going to help me break these steps down so that anyone, even one of them, when they go back home at the end of their mission year can perfectly successfully run a local mission. So hopefully it's helpful for all of our listeners as well. So does anyone want to talk about where do we start when you want to when you're thinking about, I want to go and organize a downtown mission in Atlanta for the homeless people that we serve in Mercy Mission, where does it all start?
2: Well, of course, it has to start out with fun. So (laughs) um, are you saying like start actually
3: at the place how it starts? Before
1: the day even happens where does it start
3: you need people they are like interested in doing it uh-huh. for the like the, like a leading team or leader team i would say
6: uh-huh
1: and before that where does it need to start like
6: when are you gonna do it like the date and the place excellent right so you wanna kind of get um a spe- like not a specific spot but, but like a area you want to cover with and like the time the dates so it can work for people Mm -hmm. and mercy missions
1: atlanta has kind of a tradition right what's their tradition here in atlanta for mercy missions
2: every third saturday morning
1: yeah so every third saturday of the month people know that there is a mission going on in downtown atlanta so that when and where when it's made constant is helpful for people to know what's going to happen next so once we know the when and the where, how do we figure out what's going to happen during the day? What kind of guides that, or do we just kind of make it up as we go
6: along? No, well, there's a basic structure. Like I feel like the most important, well, not the most important, well, yeah, the most important is to begin <laughs> to begin your day with Jesus and to end it with Him. You know, so like to ask for strength and to end it with Him. You know, as a closure. Mm-hmm. So, we obviously start with formation. Well, no, before that, we okay, before, before, before we're
1: gonna go through the whole schedule, but we need yes. a schedule, but you do it need doesn't schedule. just happen spontaneously, no, no, no. even though it seems it to will be happened. a mess.
6: Yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice, that's awesome, that's awesome. awesome. And so, before you start like putting the groundwork for this mission day, is there anything else you need to think of beforehand? Um, uh,
2: definitely that's the great. materials that you're gonna need, and uh-huh. um, just Being able to have everyone register before the mission Uh is also super important just to keep track of everyone and to have a budget planned out for which materials you're gonna need and um, not obviously charge the people coming to the mission to make a profit, but just Mm -hmm. um, a low enough cost that people will still come and we'll be able to pay for all the mission supplies. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then having teams set up is usually a good plan. Knowing who's going to be leading the teams, team leaders being able to keep track of all their kids.
1: Nice. Those are all extremely, extremely important points. So, when you were talking about the budget, what sort of things go into a mission day? What do you need to think of when you're making your budget? What do you think of? Um, Like, do you feed the missionaries?
5: Yes, absolutely. You feed the missionaries. (laughs) You do feed the missionaries. It's very important to have um, them feel like they're taken care of also on uh-huh. the mission, so mm-hmm. you give them uh lunch or whatever time you know if it's an evening mission um like the done before you can have them have dinner right so that there's food provided for them mm-hmm. and that part of the mission uniform is to have like t-shirts mm-hmm. um so everyone in their t-shirt and uh
3: yeah and then stuff for the for the people that we will meet on the streets like mm-hmm. water coffee or something else mm-hmm. to eat
6: mm-hmm. yeah. nice.
1: So, in the beforehand, once you've thought of the when and the where and the schedule and the budget and you've made a registration link,
2: mm-hmm.
1: then there's just one step missing before your mission day.
4: Uh, you've got to do promotion.
1: Yeah. How does because, that
4: happen? Uh, so, one great way to do it is social media, it's a super uh, useful tool these today's time. But you can also, what we, what we do a lot is we work in the schools. So, we can kind of print out pamphlets, uh, posters, QR codes, you know, go through the school, talk to kids at lunch, try to get them to to join. uh, And that's kind of usually how we do that.
1: So, what convinces a high school or a college kid to give up their Saturday to come on mission? What do you tell them? Do you have like a success story that, like a a kid you invited that they go for their first time? What did you tell them?
2: Um, That really, if He wanted to figure out his relationship with God, then he needs to experience the perspective of showing it to people that haven't really gotten to experience that love and showing how powerful the love that we take for granted often can actually influence people's day if they're having, Mm -hmm. if they have absolutely nothing, then showing them that all they really need to be joyful mm-hmm. is this love that Christ has to offer. Mm-hmm. Shows us how much we take that love for granted.
1: That's an incredibly deep motivation we That's, That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. What else do you say to kids Then what makes them to come? Do
2: 20? you hate homeless people? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my gosh. That one no. usually
2: works pretty well. <laughs> Um, because then they're like no yeah but of course you have to tell them that they're just that we're just joking
5: <laughs> no I think one of the things that works best is having you know a personal experience that you get to share with them about your time on missions but also saying like oh you know who you should ask you should ask I don't know Zoe she was on the last mission and she had a great time so having their friends talk about it too but like someone that they really admire or look up to um, talk about their experience there also you know? also
6: telling them that we're going to be there because mm-hmm. sometimes they feel like we're not going to be there and they don't know somebody so once we tell them oh we are going it's they find it more like familiar and not that scary you would say like that they belong mm-hmm. already that mm-hmm. they, they belong won't be already. alone yes mm-hmm.
1: wow so what is a personal story maybe that you have shared with them <laughs> how they exclude them I can think of the first time that I went downtown with Mercy Missions Atlanta was actually the team leader mission day last August of 2021. So it was a small group of very experienced missionaries. So it was a very relaxed, very logistically simple day because they weren't expecting anyone to put on a show for them, right? They wanted to just come and be. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day was when I got to, I ended up walking around with Tanner was on another podcast and we were able to speak with a gentleman who shared with us his life story which was so sad so so sad because he had uh, a a very dear family member pass away and that led him into depression and he started drinking and then he lost his job because he lashed out in anger and so one thing led to another and then he found himself on the streets and it was so sad because the main reason of why he was there was because of a lack of connection and a lack of being able to just process and grieve a very, very difficult moment in his life. And so it was amazing as we spoke to him and listened to him and encouraged him and prayed with him, how he suddenly realized like, I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to be here. And we just encouraged him and motivated him that next time we came downtown next month, we hoped in a good way we didn't see him, that he had gotten the courage to go and get the help that he needed so that he would get off the street, right? So sometimes those one-time encounters and those conversations can actually be life-changing for people yeah and having that opportunity as a young person to change someone's life in that way is not a typical Saturday morning experience, right yeah. So if you want to add a story.
5: Yeah, well, now that you said that, I was like, that's totally true. like I've had experiences just like that where when we've been going downtown for I've been there now a year, um just having these monthly experiences of of being with people. And, and for the first few months last year, like I would see the same guy over and over again and his name is Scott and he was just so nice and so kind. And the first time that I met him, like we talked for probably an hour, like, like most of the time that I was out that day, like I was talking to him and we just had very deep experiences and, and uh, really the same thing, like he had past trauma that he had probably never gone to share with anyone, um, but that he felt so free to share with me on the street, you know, like I was just walking out that day, you know, I never knew what was, what to expect from that conversation, but it was beautiful. And just trying to teach him about the love of a father, right. That, that he, that seems so far, hard for him to, uh, to grasp, like to understand the love of the father, of God, the father. And how he also was able to share that love with his his family that um that he had and and it was it was beautiful to see that um that fatherly love that he still had even though he was not connected to to them um but it was just really powerful to see too like that every time I would see him every time I'd come back to the mission he would he would see our group with the shirts and then he'd start looking like he would look for me and and the crowd just like, like that connection that we had too like that I consider him a friend right that that um I don't know. It goes beyond like providing something, right? Like, I might have given him a coffee, but it's not about the coffee, right? It's like providing the connection and like the feeling that we are a family, no matter how far apart we are, how different we might seem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, are the kids that you invite nervous to come for the first time on the mission day?
6: What do you think Yeah, they nervous? It,
2: yeah. usually they're a little skeptical, um, just especially because. It, like it just depends on how sheltered some kids are but um i mean atlanta's not the safest city in the world so um a lot of them are kind of nervous about going downtown
4: mm-hmm.
2: and trying yeah. to talk to homeless people
1: yeah so the promotion is not just promotion it's also encouragement to come and do something that for them is kind of risky yeah and out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. that's awesome that's awesome and so any other comments or stories about what it takes before the mission day starts to set it up?
2: I like to, um, or what we do at Holy Spirit is we set up like a whole board with Ooh. pictures kind of showing the day. Like uh-huh. it shows us playing spike ball at the beginning of the mission with all our friends. And i like show people from the school uh, like playing spike ball, having fun. And then like, just like people smiling full of joy. And then we'll take other pictures like the other day, I don't know if anyone was in my group, but um we took the the picture with the guy that was saying he's gonna be famous. His name was like Mr. Money or something like that. He's like and just super happy. I can even show people videos of like this guy like doing headstands and like breakdancing around and just like show them how, f- how much fun you can actually have with these people. Mm-hmm.
1: That's just a really, really smart idea because the kids can be walking along the school and maybe they're too embarrassed to go and ask you about the mission for whatever reason. But they can see those pictures and be like, oh, maybe it's not so bad. And then they can sign up on their own. That's very cool. Way to go, guys. So then Saturday morning rolls around. What time do you guys typically get up on a mission Saturday? What time do you have to wake up to make sure the day is all ready to go?
2: Yeah, 6.30. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Oh, yeah so first, you guys wake up 6 30 on a saturday that is dedication
6: yeah wow because
1: yeah. you have to get your prayers first your mask load up yeah. all the van that's all the good. stuff usually i can't those, sleep anyway i'm so excited <laughs> no no
5: yeah. those mission meditations they hit oh, the yeah.
1: <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome so you guys arrive early to every mission right yeah, yeah. to help set up Yes. Nice. About an hour
2: early. Nice.
1: At least. And so walk us through the mission day and step by step what are all the things that you guys have to kind of have in the back of your head as a mission day is rolling to make sure that the things go well. Because as a missionary, they just show up and they think everything is set up that way. They have no idea that you guys are behind the scenes making sure it's all happening. Mm-hmm. Right? So I know that Lou is so excited to start with fun. So... <laughs> When they walk into a mission, what is the
6: first thing? Registration. Yeah. yeah. To make sure that they are, like, check-in, yeah. Mm-hmm. So make sure they have their t-shirt and that, like, yes, they pay, that everything is in order. Mm-hmm. And then we tell them to go outside so we can do icebreakers with all the missionaries. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it means, like, saying hello, talking to them a bit, like, like small talk and stuff, and then playing a game. Yeah, mm-hmm
1: nice yeah
3: and also part of registration
2: too um would be like name tags mm-hmm. i think it was a pretty good idea um to make it a little easier for to make that small and stuff mm-hmm. especially when you forget the name of somebody that you've known for like a year mm-hmm. and you're like so embarrassed to ask them their name again. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> are the name tags just for the missionaries or are they also for someone else
2: i guess so uh, yeah they're for the people that you encounter on the streets Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even think about that.
1: Yeah, because when the missionary is not scared to share their name, it makes it easier for those that we're encountering to also share their real name, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what are some things that you do to create that fun environment at the beginning of the mission and make sure that everyone feels welcome?
2: I mean, having a general plan, usually. (laughs) um, At least having, like, of course, it's hard to start – games with a bunch of people but just having that like you can't force them into it but like having a game and having it look fun Mm -hmm. and making people feel comfortable and welcomed enough like Elias was saying Mm -hmm. to join in on a game with some people that they've never met before possibly um so usually pretty casual games um like basketball spike ball um just like taking a volleyball and bumping it see how many times you can bump it around until it hits the ground or cornhole um Really, whatever. You can bring cards. Nice.
5: I think it's really important to have, like, uh, people in charge of that, right? Like, if there's one person at the registration table that's walking them outside and introducing them to the people that are running the games, you know? Like... These guys are really good at putting on games, so then they we lead them to the games outside and they feel comfortable knowing that they've just been introduced to someone who's gonna get them involved mm-hmm. um and just have you know music going in the background or whatever it takes to to make them feel comfortable that it's a fun environment and that they are welcome.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely like that they are welcome. It's like one thing uh, the guys that are leading the icebreakers that's important to do like as people, come over and might be like kind of looking at people already like starting games, like coming over like, Hey, what's your name? Like, yeah hey, you want to come play this game with us? Like get them involved. Cause it's, if they're shy or not like an extremely outgoing person, then they might kind of stand there awkwardly and not have, I don't know, not feel as included unless you make them included.
1: Mm-hmm. That is so nice. So, so, so nice. And then how does the mission day officially start off? Because it's not just games all
6: day long, no, right? With formation and the okay. chapel. So it's very important to, like, your meeting point to have, like, a nice place for um prayer or have a chapel or a church or something where it can, like, bring everybody together and mm-hmm. kind of, like, settle down and be like, okay, yes, it's all fun, but we're not doing it for the fun of it. We're doing it for him.
1: You know what I mean? Nice. Very, very cool.
6: So then after the formation you go out and
1: actually do that mission experience. So what are some things that you need to make that mission experience happen?
4: Uh, so before they go out, uh, they usually uh, take whatever it is, the bag lunches, you know, whatever they grab. And uh, But something that's super helpful is to give them a bit of training before they go out because there are some people that uh, they kind of, they come into this, they're super nervous, they've never talked to a homeless person before, so they don't know how to do it. So you can you know do little training sessions with them, uh, have them create situations in small groups, where they, you know one of them pretends to be a homeless person, uh, different encounters that they have, or tips you can give out. Um, and something uh, I kind of tell people if they get super nervous is if you think you see somebody and you're you don't really want to approach them, you just you count to three, you count to three, and then you go at it. Because if you if you wait past that, you'll overthink it, and then you, all that fear will get back to you.
1: Wow. That's a very practical tip. I like that. Very cool. Very, very, cool. And so before you have the door in those teams with their team leaders, what do you need to make sure
6: that they have with them? Everything they're going to hand out. So like something to drink for the people and something to eat. Huh? So that's for us, like as a conversation starter, to ask them if they want coffee or a water or a donut or whatever it is we're um, giving so that way it's easier for us also to talk to them because it's not like straight to, what's your name? What are like, you want to hear something about God or, you know? It's just like simple, something simple, coffee. And then the conversation just naturally starts flowing.
3: And normally we have per group like one or two crosses and mm-hmm. uh, pens where we can write the prayer intentions on. And mm-hmm. um, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's so important, right? Yes. That's yeah. so important. But I think someone was saying why it's so important to have
2: yeah, the intentions. The, the way that it's either been explained to me or how I've experienced um, is when we bring physical necessities, like was hygiene kits, too, is one thing that we did, especially last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, hygiene kits, water bottles, coffee or donuts, ice cream if it's real hot outside. Um, something like this to show that we care about their physical needs and that we actually do want to help them. And once we kind of break the ice, show them that we care about their physical needs, we can show them and they can realize better that um, we're not just there to fuel their physical needs, their physical hunger, but also that spiritual hunger for God that they might have not even, even realized that they were actually starving for Jesus's love and mercy. And so, At the end of the day, that's what missions is all about. Mm -hmm. Like food for the soul, showing that love, Mm -hmm. showing that Jesus is always going to be there for you, no matter what state of life you're in.
6: Mm -hmm.
1: That's awesome. And it's amazing how something so simple, like little pieces of paper and pens, can be that practical way that someone experiences that love, right? Mm -hmm. Of you paying attention to them and writing down their name and what is it that they're really struggling with that they want to be remembered in their prayers, right? It's awesome. So you have your mission morning, you go out for several hours, and then what happens?
5: Um, you gather together. Again, after mm-hmm. your mission, you come back together um, and usually share a meal uh-huh. um, with your lunches, sitting down um, either with your group or with another group to share, uh, you know, with a friend your your experience on the street. Um,
1: so that's a whole other thing of someone needs to think about the lunch and setting it up and yes. picking it up and making sure it's ready for when the missionaries come back. Mm-hmm. Correct.
6: Well,
1: yeah, see, there's lots of moving
6: parts it's the it's behind the
2: scenes, heroes, yeah. yes,
6: <laughs> totally. And That's after good. the lunch, um, we all gather together and we kind of like share something. Not everybody has to share, but we share a moment where we experienced God out there or that we felt very touched or happy mm-hmm. in the
5: mission, mm-hmm. like a
6: large group sharing where that yes. one yes. person can share
1: among the whole group um, mm-hmm. what struck them about their mission.
6: Nice.
1: And how does the mission day
6: conclude?
3: Yeah, after this um, sharing our favorite things about the day in the group, uh, we have adoration mm-hmm. in the chapel. I think for around thirty minutes ish, and um, yeah, then during that time, there's um, um you can go to confession, and also you um a big thing is that we can pray, that we collect the prayer intentions and bring them to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. So that's a very important logistical thing to foresee because if you want to have adoration, you need to make sure you have a priest that can bring Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Or to be in a chapel that has all that sacristy set
2: up. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And if you can't do adoration, maybe like offer up a rosary for all the prayer intentions that you've collected.
1: Nice. That is a very, very good idea, right? And sometimes the adoration doesn't even need to be that complicated because maybe it's a mission team. You can end at a little chapel and just make a little visit together in chapel, even if the blessed sacrament can't be exposed. Mm-hmm. So, right.
6: And then before those missionaries get back in their car and head back, what is one thing that you want to make sure that they all know when the next mission is going to happen? Yeah. Like just some practical things. And we thank them all for coming because even though it's half a day, they, it's people are still doing stuff that's out of their normal or schedule you know, they're getting out of their way to help and be with you. So we want to make sure that they get to feel thanked that they did this and to feel for them to know that they're doing something good and then just practical information about the next um, mission. Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. So whoever's in charge of logistics needs to know when that next mission is happening so that event can already happen, right? So it's lots of details to think about and foresee. But when they're done well, the mission day just flows, And it's so happy and peaceful and enjoyable, even if there's these behind the scenes heroes that are kind of moving all these parts and making it happen. Mm -hmm. So before we wrap up this podcast, I would love if you haven't already had a chance, if you want to share your personal mission highlight, at least up till now, because I always really think that my favorite mission is the one that I just went on (laughs) because it's really, really hard. (laughs) Like every mission is so unique and special incredible that it's hard to just think of one favorite experience
3: mm, i could start and um, for me it's uh, like um of course i had like on my two missions and this year Um, i had i had like crane created encounters with the people that we met but for me it's like um uh, everything what is the mission about is like this like that um because in Germany like um we don't have that many homeless people and it's uh, uh different situation in the cities. And when I was going the first time uh uh like out to the streets there in I think it was in the beginning of August, and it was like I never saw something like this before, I would mm-hmm. say like in the in the poor area with the people there the there's like kind of um it's really the trash is sometimes all over and you can really see that's a poor area and um yeah i'm like just to see like how the people live there and um experience that in your with your team that's like um very impressive and that forms you for the rest of your life Mm
1: -hmm. yep it is impressive do you have you been on missions in germany no oh wow Only well, when you go back home you'll have an experience maybe the need will be different right
6: yeah.
1: but maybe the experience of just going out and sharing your faith and asking for yeah. your intentions can be translated to Germany.
6: anyone else want to share their best or favorite or sure. mission experience? Um, well i just i've been missions to most of like my life but i've never been missions here in the states and this is my i've been twice and i love it so much but on last missions we were out in the streets talking with people. And one of the last people that I met, um, his name was Matthew. And he was telling us like, well, my name is Matthew. And he wasn't sure what his last name was. He was like, I don't remember what my last name is, but I'll let you know when I go and get like my ID. And at first I didn't think much of it because we just like kept on talking. And then after we were in adoration, and I was like, wait a minute. Like, I didn't know that I had to give thanks that I know my name. And that I know for like a fact that Jesus knows my name and that I know his. So in that moment, I was very thankful that I that I know who he is and I can actually hear him talk to me by my name. So I was very thankful in that moment that I can get to do this and get to call him and be like, Jesus, thank you for like calling me to this. And to help people. I don't know. It's just really... I cried, of course. Mm -hmm. But um, it was very shocking to me to realize that people are out there in the streets and they don't know their name. Mm -hmm. And I'm out here. And I didn't even know that was a privilege. Mm -hmm. It's... Yeah. And how are missions for you the same
1: in Mexico and the United States? And how are they different?
6: Well, they're the same because the essential is to get... Like to let people know that Jesus is here with us and that his love is just burning within us and like just going out to the encounter of people makes people burn with his love. And that's so beautiful because that's the essential of it. And no matter where you are and what the language is, you'll get that experience. But in Mexico, we have way more um, poverty than in the States. So we go to like a small town and we go house to house knocking and just asking people if they want to talk to us and then we have activities but at least in my city we don't have monthly missions so that's something that I really like because I like this type of um, apostolate Mm -hmm. and that we get to do it once a month it's Mm -hmm. amazing it's I love it so much it's awesome
4: uh yeah in Canada I think one of my favorite experiences uh, was probably during Holy Week missions mm-hmm. uh, because we don't have like the monthly missions up there, unfortunately. Not uh, yet, not yet. Not yet. I'll, I'll get on that. <laughs> but uh, it was one of the situations where I was downtown and uh, we started talking to this guy. Uh, I forget his name, but he he didn't seem super like happy to see us. You know, he was one of those people he started talking to, but he's like very you know dry in the conversation. Like, oh, you know, we'll invite we invited him to the for the Easter vigil, and he's like, no absolutely not you know I'm not, I'm not gonna do anything like that and um then uh we're like hey whatever you know we pray for him and then moved on and then the easter visual came and you know i'm sitting there sitting there mass and i look around and i see him come through the back door and i was like whoa what the heck because you don't always see you know the kind of work that you're doing physically but there's there's usually something that happens inside them that you don't always see that's kind of a uh, yeah, it's kind of my story. Mm-hmm.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. That is so true that many times the mission work that we do, we're sowing seeds. And we know that someone else might come along and get to see the fruits. But that's really, really special that you got to see him respond in that way. Yeah, that was super awesome. That is very cool.
6: Yeah?
5: One of my favorite missions from last year, being in Atlanta, um, was the like the mission that we did closest to Christmas time. Um, so it was like you can feel like it's kind of a fun like spirit in the air but all all of us missionaries had like christmas hats on and my team was going to the marta so like the, the the metro of downtown so it was so fun to to be on the trains and asking people for prayer intentions but like being in a group of missionaries that we all just had like a joy like an unnatural joy that came from right being united to jesus in the mission um so we were singing christmas carols and things like that like that people just look at you like they, it draws their attention to you, but then in some way they also see like, where does that joy come from? It makes them wonder. Um, and then in, in having conversations with them on the Marta of saying like, oh yeah, we're, we're Catholic missionaries going around, like uh, trying to share, you know, the gospel, the good news that Jesus loves you and that we want to pray for any, of your intentions. And they're like, oh, so then it just kind of struck them uh, differently that, that we were out sharing joy, but also that we wanted to share like the good news, you know, mm-hmm. it's just fun, a lot
1: of fun. That's awesome. So I guess the last question that I have for these amazing, generous missionary young people before we close, and this is an optional question, you don't have to all answer, but you can if you want to. For all of the people that are listening to this podcast, the young people, the missionary organizers, what and if they are thinking about starting a mission in their city, what is one motivation or piece of advice that
6: you would give them? Anyone who wants to, but you don't. You real well a motivation or something that you would look forward to, is to realize how the faith is so alive and it's just so present and it's amazing to see like young people, and we're all so happy and no matter if it's like we're melting outside because of the heat or we're freezing, everybody's just happy and you could see how this all like all these people are so thirsty for God and to, are willing to give, like to just spread him out Mm -hmm. to the, to others. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's beautiful.
2: Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
5: I would say a piece of advice would be like, don't let anything stop you from living the mission, right? Like if you've had an experience or this is inspiring you, like, you don't need to put together a whole like 50 person team and try to figure out how to make it the biggest mission in your city. Like if you want to do the mission, do the mission, right? Like, and don't let the organization or the, the, all the big goals and things stop you from, from doing what you, you feel you're called to do. Right. And being a missionary anywhere, you know?
2: Yeah. I was very inspired by Joe Ruiz. Um, She is like top leader basically of mercy missions with Tanner. Uh, Midas, and she was just telling us how, like the leaders, how to be a missionary. You don't have to just do mercy missions on Saturday mornings. Like she was kind of telling her personal testimony of how one day after work, um, she lives or she works at the hospital. So after work, she was she wanted some cheese curds, so she went like Kroger and got cheese curds and like sat down on the curb next to her friend Michael who was a homeless guy like outside of the store and just hung out with him. And that's really what a missionary is. It's not just someone that's like kind of only going to do it when they're supposed to, but actually living out the mission at all times. And the, the mercy missions are just the missions that we do in general is to help re- like teach people that to concentrate it in the one moment, but to show this is not something you just have to do when you're told to do it, but something like a way of life really.
6: Mm-hmm. nice
1: well cool. missionaries i want to thank you so 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 much for your time because they are basically giving an hour of their like rest free day to come and record this podcast which is very precious time when you're giving a full missionary, yeah. because they're going all all the time so i want to thank you so much for giving this time for all of our, our listeners that are going to be so inspired by your testimonies and your missionary work okay so, well, high,
6: fives. For
0: having us. Thank high you. fives. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Mission Moments. We hope that you have been enriched by these mission stories and encouraged to go out and be a missionary in your daily life. If this podcast has inspired you in some way, please share it with a friend. You can also head over to the missionyouth.com website to see more mission testimonies, register for an upcoming mission, or see how you can get involved. You can also subscribe to the Mission Youth newsletter or follow us on social media. Mission Youth exists to provide mission experiences worldwide that ignite the missionary spark in the hearts of Catholic disciples, transforming them into apostles. We are only able to do what we do thanks to the prayers and financial support of so many. Please consider partnering with us in the mission by offering a prayer or donation. Links can be found on our website. Mission Youth is a 501c3 organization and all donations are tax deductible. The mission team thanks you and prays for you daily. See you on the next mission.